wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to Auto Off Topic. How's it going, Brad? Uh, it is going frustrating, Andrew. How's it going with you? It's pretty great here. All right. All right. Well, we'll get into my stuff later. It's uh, definitely project car related, but we'll talk about that at a different point. Well, so. I mean, I, all I kind of have is project updates, so that's what I was going to get into. Unless you I mean, there was a NASCAR race this weekend. You didn't, you didn't see that? I missed it. Okay. But if you want to give a quick recap. Um, you don't need to watch the whole race. It was, uh, it's Las Vegas. Las Vegas is always a little bit, uh, I don't know, not great. A little boring. I saw the beginning with, uh, Mark Martin was driving around his, his old car that he won there. The first race there. And Oh, it was kind of cool. I actually didn't see that. I missed the beginning of the race. It was like, uh, like a 90, it was like 96. So it was a Taurus. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they're uh, like, Dale Jr. is talking about it. They're like, oh, that's like car 50 they built. He like really loved that car. It like won here then it won some other races. So he like kept it and like restored it. So like they had him doing like the opening like parade laps. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. I mean, Mark Martin was like, I don't know, kind of one of the best of the time. So that's neat. He was. There. Uh, I, I missed the beginning of the race. Actually, adding to my frustration today, I'll do a quick little uh, off-the-cuff rant here about my cable company because it makes me angry. We have this special, you know, DVR where I can watch things on my DVR on any device, right? But apparently NASCAR or NBC, one of the two, blocked playback of NASCAR events through any device but your TV connected to your set-top box. So it's absolutely like gorgeous out here today, like 75 degrees and a nice breeze. And I was like, I'm not sitting on the couch all day watching NASCAR. So I wanted to like turn it on in the garage, but I couldn't turn it on in the garage because it's not connected to my set-top box as far as the oh. DVR. So I had, I had to just like start it wherever it was, which happened to be all the way at the beginning at the third stage by the time I turned it on. So I was annoyed by that. Oh, I bet. I bet here it, it won't do that because I have Comcast and it's Comcast NBC. I don't know. It was frustrating. So you record the raises, try to watch it on your mobile device and see what happens. So, oh, I don't do that either. Oh, I'm I do. Old, so I, can I watch just it. have cable and I just watch it on the DVR. Yeah. I just watch it on my TV. 
Well, I do. I, I record it so that I can watch it whenever. Because again, days like today, it's gorgeous outside. I don't want to watch the whole NASCAR race, you know. Yeah, because anyway, it's on it's, earlier for you. Yes. It's like it's like yeah, it started at eleven for me. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, the race started at eleven. I was doing things, but anyway, so I'm annoyed that they did that. So instead of waiting to watch it, I was like, screw it. It's Las Vegas. It's not usually a very exciting track. Anyway, I'll just watch it from the third stage on. Um, was a decent race. I guess not much had happened before that, as I had assumed. I think that, oh, I don't remember who spun first, but then I know there was an incident with Kyle Larson, who we don't like, and Bubba Wallace. And Kyle Larson might have pushed Bubba into the wall, and Bubba may have retaliated immediately and took them both out in a uh, heated, stupid move. And then they had a shoving match on the on the on the track. But, you know, it is what it is. That's that's old school NASCAR, right? I'm sure there'll be a fine coming Bubba Wallace's way for intentionally intentionally wrecking out Kyle Larson. But, you know, yeah, love to see. But it. You know, they loved it. Oh, 100 percent. It's ratings through the roof, I'm sure. And again, but that's, you know, that's back in the day. Uh, who else got in fights all the time? You know, Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt and, you know, Kale Yarbrough and all those guys, all those legendary guys got in fights all the time. So NASCAR's not doesn't have a problem with it. They'll, they'll be, like I said, uh, a little slap on the wrist fine. And then there'll be a, uh, you know, an apology, I'm sure, at some point, And we'll go from there. But other than that, again, it wound up being a pretty slow-paced race. There wasn't a lot of passing. I was kind of watching in and out because I was working on the eclipse at the same time. Uh, And then the final 16 laps, I think it was a caution rate with 16 laps left. And then the final 10 laps were really, really good. Um, Some of the best NASCAR racing that I've seen in a while on an oval. It was just really cool to watch. Uh, Joey Logano won the race. Spoiler alert. I should say spoiler at first. Spoiler alert. Joey Logano won the race. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a good battle between him and Ross Chastain from a uh, track house racing. who's a pretty young team and it's neat to see them doing so well, but it was a, a good finish, a good race. It was cool to see Joey Logano reel him in at like two tenths of a second a lap because he had 13 less laps on his tires. And then Chastain was doing an amazing job blocking him until he finally, finally got around him and, and passed him for the lead. So very, very, very good finish. Very fun to watch, but the, Overall race at Las Vegas is never really exciting. So if you didn't watch it, it might not be worth your time. <laughs> there wasn't anything of uh, of real note that you can't see in a highlight reel. So, but cool stuff. Uh, it's neat because that makes Joey Logano the first driver who's locked into that four person battle for the final couple races. So we'll see what happens next. Cool. Good stuff. So anyway, moving on from NASCAR. I think you didn't watch the race today because you had other stuff going on, but we'll start with your project car updates probably because that's yeah, where they kind of lead into it. It leads to, yeah. I talked about last week. I was going to put my aluminum radiator into the Glant that I waited months and months and months to get. And now you're thinking it doesn't fit. Well, no, it fit. The one from it Australia? Well. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's just that it's like an inch and a half thicker on purpose because it's a big aluminum radiator. Um, so I went to bring the car over last Monday night. No, Wednesday night. I don't know. One night this week, I brought the car over um, to 
work on it at my dad's house in his garage. And I pulled out from the garage here at my house, pulled up onto my street, which is super busy. Oh, I have another story about my street. They are repaving it. Uh, okay. Real quick side sidetrack here. So they're repaving it. So they ground it up Thursday night, like with a big machine, which I thought would be a lot louder, but it was actually fairly quiet. Like did that surface grinding thing? Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um, as a consequence of this, uh, you don't really see it during the day, but right at like twilight and at night with car's headlights, there's all the dust from this ground up pavement. So it's just like a, a dirty street, like almost like it's a dirt road. Hanging. Yeah. Yeah. And at night, you know, the, there's been condensation on the cars. So like this morning, uh, we went to go to the car show. Let's skip ahead a little bit, but I turned the wipers on and like the Montero, it was just like black sludgy water. I was like, cool. I'm glad I didn't wash anything last night. Cause I would have been really <laughs> annoyed. So anyway, um, yeah, so I did it before they ground the street because I knew that was coming. I wanted to get over there before there was like I had to avoid raised potholes and stuff. So there's a, a lot of traffic because it's I live near Salem. It's Halloween. People are going there even on like a weeknight. I pull out. I go to stop the light and the pedal goes real soft. And I nearly don't stop. I'm like, oh, boy, where are these brakes? Like that feels really weird. Um, so I limp it over to my dad's house because I'm like, well, I'm not. It doesn't do me any good to turn around and go back to my house. It's going to be hard to fix over here. Sure. Yeah, he, is, he is the lift, so you might as well <laughs> fix it there. So I limped it over there. And, you know, once you get in the neighborhood, it's really slow anyways. And I just use the parking brake. Um, yeah, it blew a line on the pass on the driver's side rear just where it kind of goes up the body and over the rear subframe and up towards the wheel. Okay. So <clears throat> it was pretty easy to spot. I mean, there was a big puddle. It was draining fluid. A couple of days go by after I dropped the car off. So we finally got up in the air and looked at it and started taking it apart. And I usually don't have too much trouble getting the hard line separated from the flexible line where they go to the body. I usually like to Here's some tips. If you soak them with penetrating oil, take a wire brush, like a brass or whatever, stainless steel wire brush, just brush them like crazy, get all the dirt and the rust out of the threads. Then take a like a right angle pick and pick around the fitting where the tube goes into the fitting and get any dirt or rust out of there because that fitting needs to spin. Usually you can have pretty good luck getting these loose. Um, that's usually my technique and it works pretty well. So uh, after I did that, I'm trying to do it. I'm like struggling with it. And for whatever reason, the little mount that the brake line and the soft line sits in on the body, half of it where it's, it's got, you know, spot welds on either side. One of the spot welds is broken. So the thing's now like twisting. I'm like, great. This is going to like break off. And I don't know if you remember, or it's pretty common. A lot of these Japanese cars, they have that like horseshoe clip that like holds the soft line into the holder yeah yep it's usually like on the on the strut because it's either on the strut or it's this is attached to the mount on the body where the brake line is it like because the holder of the brake line was like moving around it was like super hard to get that off 
so we had to like really my dad and I like really had to fiddle with that for a while to get it off. And then I'm trying to loosen the brake line. It's not really loosening. So we're like, well, it's got a hole in it anyways. We're going to replace it. So we cut it off right at the nut, pulled the soft line out, pulled, got it out where we could work on it. I'm trying to get it free. It's not really going. My dad try it. It's like coming out like really hard. I'm like, what is going on with this? It definitely looks cross-threaded. You're like, so that's annoying. So it turns out that for whatever reason, the braided lines that this car came with, I never touched them, were US thread into metric hard lines in the car. So they're just jammed in. Yeah. So the other three are now known trap points. Yes. <laughs> so if I need to replace <laughs> them, those are a trap. At least you can uh, go into it knowing it's going to be a problem. I know. It's really, it's so weird. I don't know how you ended up with, maybe the, the lines were wrong and they weren't for the right car. I don't, it's bizarre. Whatever. And they just, instead of fixing it, they were just like, man, jams together. I, I, yeah. Or getting the right ones. I don't know. That's awesome. So, you know, uh, this was like one night of work. It was kind of late, so we stopped. Next day, we I uh, actually started on the, the radiator and then went back back and forth on this kind of project a little bit. But I'll, I'll just stick with the brake line. The We pulled it out of the holders under the car really carefully, found a nice place to cut it and flare it and put a coupler in. And then our friend Joe is actually over because he was showing us his new Camaro that he bought. Uh, and that Mustang that he sold, he'd actually just done a bunch of brake lines on that Mustang before he sold it. So we're okay. like, here, can you match this brake line? Cause we use the, the nickel copper stuff, which is sweet to work with. Sure. So yep. while we were doing the flaring, my dad and I, Joe bent me up a piece of brake line that matched the factory one almost perfectly. Excellent. Um, so we threw that in, tighten it all up. No leaks. So no more stainless line. No, you don't do the factory stuff's steel with coating. The best stuff to use if you're replacing brake lines is this nickel copper stuff because it's so soft. It's so easy to work with. Like yeah, I've had you, I've had really good luck with it. I used it last time I did to do brake lines for anything. I don't remember what we oh, did it for, it's, but it was something. It's so much easier. Um, it will never rust either. Right. Lasts um, forever. So... That's perfect. Didn't take, didn't hardly any effort to break, uh, bleed it. It was perfect. So now I'm at the front of the car. I'm working on the radiator. I get the old one out. Not much struggle. It's the old brass one. I go to slide the aluminum one in. It almost fits in the pins, but the, that front body harness that runs along the lower part of the radiator sport. A lot of mm-hmm. cars have a harness there. It's yep. just pushing in and pushing it away from where it would, fit into the pins. So we're looking at it. If we clipped the cable ties that were holding it to the body, it would actually push in just a little bit further in towards the cavity that it was already sitting in. Okay. And that's all it took. And then the radiator sat in the factory spots where it should. Oh, perfect. They got it all bolted up. Um, I had to take a bunch of stuff to get the fan out because now that radiator is an inch and a half 
closer to the engine. So I like to get the factory fan shroud in. It was a little bit of a struggle. I had to take some of the intake pieces out and the battery out and maneuver it in there. But I got it in there, which is good because that fan works pretty well. It's got a nice deep blade to it. Um, then I'm putting stuff back together. Uh, the battery tray, actually the one I found in the junkyard I put in, the because mine was actually got rusty again. So I, I found that better one in the junkyard, so I threw that in there. Uh, it was actually touching the fan shroud a little bit, but it wasn't interfering with the fan. So I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, I expected stuff to be a little bit tighter because this radiator is thicker. Um, oh, I threw a new thermo switch in it too. Got battery in, but because it pushed the battery tray, it pushed it into the hard intake pipe, which is just on kind of a flimsy bracket. Like it's... It's not super flimsy, but it's bendable. It's the factory bracket. So it kind of pushed it out a little bit. And then I have a taller non-factory blow-up valve, a go-fast bits one. And it's already pretty tight in there. And it's kind of where the shifter cables live. So I didn't really realize it. I got the whole car back together. I had started it. I bled all the coolant. So the radiator worked the way I wanted it to. The temp gauge is now a little bit below half. The cooling, the coolant fan, cooling fan actually comes on, cycles, turns off. It doesn't just come on and just spin indefinitely because the car is too hot. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's clearly going to work a lot better. Um, so I'm like, all right, great. I got the car all back together. The wheels back on from the brake line. It's all torqued. I'm like, all right. Perfect. This is like 6.30 Saturday night. We're going to go to... Uh, this is also we can go to Japanese car day on Sunday. I'm going to bring that to right. Montero. I go to put it in reverse on the lift, and it gets like halfway into reverse. So I'm like, all right. So I try, try to go forward a little bit. Then, you know, do the trick that Mitsu's always need. Doesn't want to go. Doesn't want to go. I'm like, all right. Something's, something's wrong here. So <laughs> open the hood. Look. The cables are hitting the very top of the blow off valve. Super like, annoying. Just enough to not go into reverse. So, and it's on a pipe that you can't just turn a little, right? Not from without taking the battery out. I can. I just have to take out like the battery again and the battery tray. Okay. And it's just like, it was 630. I was hungry, tired. I was like, I just don't want to do this right now. Yeah, yeah, the so, gods have spoken. This car's not so, going Japanese car day. Just, it's like, we know it'll work. It's just like a minor thing that just needs to be adjusted. And it's annoying. Sure. Um, and then plus, like like I said in uh, uh, our Discord, which is come join. We'll talk about that later. Um, the G20 is just too convenient and too easy to get to. Yep. Just in the driveway. And it However, works. I didn't wasn't able to clean it because I was doing the glant stuff all day Saturday, but which was probably better off because it was, this morning it was covered in road dust sitting in my backyard. So you're able to wet. give it like a, a wipe down? No, the... I didn't even no. <laughs> I didn't even. I just went to I just went to Japanese Garden with it just totally dirty. Oof. <laughs> Horrible person. I couldn't but, I couldn't do that, but that's fine. I mean, we still have an outside water ban anyway, so I can't wash cars. Yeah, you still could have used like a, I don't know. You could have wiped it down. 
No, it was like too dirty. Like you'd just be grinding stuff in there. Run through like, a car wash. It's like been driven Do down a something, road. Andrew. You get the image of this podcast in the East Coast. You need to clean your car. Once the sun was off and it was in the shade, it looked just fine. Okay. Well, I wasn't there to truly judge it, so I'll let it slide. It's whatever. We had to meet your dad in the morning anyway. So it it was all to go to Japanese car day. So I had, uh, I did a couple of days before get the Montero out because I hadn't driven it in a while and made sure it was fine. That was good. I ran some errands with it on Friday. It was running good. So Stephanie drove that down with Marco and then I took the G20 and my dad came and then we met your dad uh, just up the street. He took his Celica. Okay. And we all drove down to Japanese car day and it was nice. Amazing here today. Cause it was in the seventies. It's late October. And it's like, I mean, the weather was like this kind of last year, but it was a little cooler, but it was bright and sunny. And I'll just say, we've talked about this before, but I mean, I remember what did we start going to that show? Like Oh five, Oh six or something. And uh, there was like for that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like right on the edge of that. I think it was like 05, yeah. 06. And there'd be like 20, 30 cars, maybe. Sure. Yeah, it was never huge. Uh, they, I mean, they filled, they sent an email the night before that they would only have 50 of day spots if you didn't pre-register. So they That's filled excellent. upper and lower and they went up the hill a little bit. Like they, that's excellent. The, near the at the entrance museum, that's where they put all the motorcycles. They so don't have like, grass anymore, so you don't have to worry about somebody sliding and falling over and landing on your hood. Yeah, exactly. So there's like yeah. <laughs> 300 cars. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean they don't have a a year limit, so some of the stuff is uninteresting, but most of it's good, right? Uh I mean, really, that was at a minimum. I mean, there was definitely like. There was like a 2012 Civic sedan with like missing hubcaps, which was kind of a weird thing to bring. It seems like every year there's always one like totally bone stock, like crap can commuter that shows up. And I don't understand why. There was like a 2000, but it was really clean, like first gen RAV4, like a really early one. Yeah. Yeah. First gen RAV4s have reached a point where they're over yeah. 20 years old and they're kind of collectible. So like that, I think yeah. it's no less interesting than your Montero to a person who doesn't know what a Montero is. Well, you know? there's a lot of four by fours there now. Right. So anyway, that there really wasn't that much. Actually, I don't think there was that much modern stuff. In my opinion, it was probably mostly 80s, 90s stuff, which is kind of where Japanese stuff peaked. So, yeah, for sure. That's why it's become so popular. I mean, you get into the early 2000s, like there's some S2000s and there was only like two Evo 8s or 9s. There's a couple 10s. Um, Evo 8s and 9s seem to be disappearing pretty fast. They are. Uh, there was a Galant VR4 that was not mine. That was that super was, clean. It was previous guest of the podcast though, wasn't it? No. Oh, nope. it wasn't. I thought nope. it belonged to what's his name from PBD's be PBD. No, nope. oh, no, no, no. It was Ryan's car, right? Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I, 
Yep, was not Victor, it was Ryan. Okay. No, but speaking of previous guests, uh, our buddy Jeremy Nutt did show up. He yep. said hi to me. We, were, we talked for a little bit. He did you talk anything, about but it, pending process of something with that with him? I did. Um, okay. I did. I'll talk to you later about it. But Excellent. Uh, so then from our Discord, which you should come join, uh, Scott came with the stylus. Uh, Chris brought his Delica and his chariot. And Jordan, one of the Jordans, <laughs> brought yes. his uh, Datsun pickup. One of three or four Jordans will speak out on this podcast. <laughs> yes. the Let's say the Jordan that likes Moxie. Another inside yes. uh, joke. <laughs> and uh, who else? I think that was that's pretty much it from the as, as podcast fans. Uh, I met some other people. There was a, a journalist, Andrew P. Collins, drove his 300ZX from like L.A. to Lars Anderson this past week. Just for the event? He lives out here now, but I, oh, yeah, okay. he made like a thing out of it, driving it out here. Because I saw, I've, I, you've seen that car as well, because you were with me, that the weekend he got that car, it was at Radwood 2. Was it Radwood 2? The, the Phoenix yeah. Club. Yep. That was when he first got the car. Weird. Maybe he had it for a week or two at that point. So that was, what, 2017? So Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think November of 17. So anyway, so, yeah, that I, was a long time ago. You know, if, you know, for not being a curated event, it's really good. And it's, you know, it's not uh, JCCS. Sure. But it's not far off. I mean, to be honest. If you yeah, had... it's certainly grown. It's it's been the the East Coast version of. I know people come yeah. from all the surrounding states, like New York and Vermont and New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and apparently L.A. now to go to Japanese Car Day at Lars. So. Yeah, and if you, it's unfortunate because it's a really nice venue, but when you get a lot of cars in there, it just gets tight. Yep. So, like, if you had the space that you could space cars out, that's the only thing that would make it a lot better. Well, it's but funny it's because good. I don't know what the rules are with their, that property because that property is technically up. Some of it is city property, right? Yeah. I remember Sheldon, the director one time telling us that when they do the Italian car show, that is huge. They have yeah. to get more permits to go all the way up the hill. Yeah. They need special permission to get the cars to go around the yeah. backside. So if the show did get that big and did bring in that many people, they could probably start thinking about getting those same permits for this car show. To be honest, so. I haven't been to any other one make shows there in a while. Maybe the BMW one would be almost as big as the Italian car day or uh, German BMW car day. BMW days, not German car days. The one. Yeah, that's pretty big. Swedish so, car day, believe it or not, is also large. It's very big. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of Swedish cars that were sold here. So yep. uh, Northeast, I, so I'm curious to know how big those are have gotten now, and if they go up the hill. I I just haven't been to one in the in a couple of years, right? Because I I don't know what the justification at, at what point they would do it for more shows, you know? Right. But it's yeah, good I'm to sure, see. I'm it's, sure it's a dollar figure thing. They have to have the right number of cars to yeah make it worth their while. So, but it's cool to see. 
that the show is so popular. It makes me really happy. There was a lot of like imported JDM stuff. There's a lot of like cleaner, there's some cleaner, older stuff, but you know, it's pretty typical of what we talk about here in the East Coast. It's mostly 80s and 90s stuff because that's more of what survived than the stuff out of the 70s. Well, stuff out of the 70s, other than a few sports cars, wasn't saved. So, no, it's just in the 80s got and 90s saved was a little more cared for in California purely because of the weather. Yep. Yep. They were all just cars. So, so it's, yeah, it was a great event and, uh, excellent. It was super well, fun. I'll have to make a, a special drive out there with something so I can get some special treatment next year too. Yeah, I could, <laughs> I mean, we joke about talking about the weather, but I really couldn't believe how good the weather was. It's been good these last two weekends and supposedly it's going to be the same next weekend, but I don't know if anything, if there's anything going on, but <laughs> Well, everything was going on in New England this weekend. I know that because also they did the Ips, in Ipswich. They did the uh, Castle Hill hill climb was today too. So oh, they're back to doing that, huh? Yeah, there's no show there, just a hill climb, and it's, I think Weird. it's only pre-war cars. Interesting. So yeah, but it's, it's the same day as, J, as uh, JCD Japanese Car Day. So yeah, but strange. I I mean, I didn't know anything about that heard about it last year but i forgot about it this year so yep yeah again you wouldn't have gone anyway yeah if it had been only so many weekends in a year yeah yeah we had uh speaking of events we had uh shakedown saturday was yesterday yesterday here in phoenix which is the four till four day that's my favorite because it's all the best again it's a lot of 60s 70s 80s 90s import cars so made a run out there and uh met up with Chris and Ron and a, a bunch of others. So that was a, uh, a good time out there. Took the Sapporo out of the garage for the first time in an embarrassingly long amount of time. So, yeah. Yeah. Car ran, car ran excellent as it, as it usually does. So drove it out there, uh, had some epic rainstorms after the fact, unfortunately, but uh, managed to, to get the car out there and back and, Thankfully, it had good windshield wipers because it was raining heavily on the way home. But that's always a, a great show, and there's usually some really cool cars there. So, good time, very good time. There was one funny moment where there's a like a back parking lot that has like a pass through street in the parking lot, and this older gentleman rolled in in like a '75 Corvette. So, the, one of the first years where it's rubber bumper front and rear. And it's a convertible and it's on mini lights, which is cool, but the tires are too big. It's stock ride height and it's got like meatballs on the doors with number one in them. And then like a sideways meatball that goes in the fender to the hood with the number one on it, which would kind of work if the car was lower with better tires. And it had a carbon fiber wrapped hood and a carbon fiber wrapped. Like, I guess I don't call it a boot. Uh, the, the part behind the seats in a Corvette where the top is stowed, the convertible top, but which is tunnel, tunnel cover. Yeah. Tunnel cover is like the hard, the soft part, I guess it comes off the car. This is like a panel in the car and it lifts you can have a hard I, tunnel cover. You could, but I just don't know if this is actually called a tunnel cover or not. It's some kind of a cowling, whatever kind of cowling you call it on a Corvette. I think it might have a different name on a Corvette because it's slightly different, but you're right. A tunnel cover is what goes over a convertible top in usual. So anyway, I, uh, 
we watched him pull in and we're, you know, because we're who we are, we're sneering a little bit at the carbon fiber stickers. But I get his overall look what he's going for here, but there's no more parking spots. So he gives in the parking lot, he turns around, and he goes to presumably pull out of the parking lot. And instead of pulling out of the parking lot, he just stops his car on the entrance, shuts it off, gets out, walks away. Oh. Effectively okay. now blocking every car in the parking lot. <laughs> like, uh, okay, guy, this is what you're going to do? And he just ignored everybody and just walked away. He just left the car right there. And I was like, huh. And he was directly in front of Ron and I in our cars. Like, if we wanted to leave, we would have had to either found him or moved his car. So I was uh, kind of on the like, I want to leave because I want to move this guy's car to show him he's an idiot. <laughs> but he eventually wound up moving his car to a spot when a spot opened up. But he, it, I mean, I don't know, man, the, the lack of situational awareness to just park your car in the entrance is is quite quite the feat. So that was that was fun. And I think everybody in the whole entire place was like, what is this guy doing? You're just going to leave your car here? <laughs> OK, it's, it's a road, but now it's a parking spot. No stress. So that was pretty funny. I have two project car updates. One of them is one of them is sad. The other one is half sad. So I guess one of them is what we call a down date. We had a big storm here last week. I don't know if I talked about that at all. And stuff blew around the yard, including my barbecue. Ah, yeah. Famous barbecue. Yeah, the famous barbecue. The one that went tumbling down the highway as well. I think, I so, think we did cover that on an episode one time. I think we did, yeah. So anyway, um, the wind was, we had almost like, it may have been like a microburst or something came through this neighborhood. And the wind was so strong that it blew over the barbecue grill, which is a a typical like two burner with side burner and propane tank, right? Like, I don't know, a typical like Weber style grill. That's kind of wild that because like propane tanks are usually like 30 pounds. Yeah, it chucked this thing across the yard and into the side of the blue colt. Ooh. Yeah. I lifted the cover where the grill was sitting and there was no damage. And I was like, you know, missed it by that much. Um, And then put the cover back down and didn't think about it. I lifted the cover the rest of the way today to actually move cars around because, the you know, it's 75 degrees today. It's the first day where it's nice out and it's not supposed to get over like 85 in the foreseeable future. So I think that like summertime is behind us here so I can start driving the cars that don't have air conditioning. Uh, so I pulled the car with the rest of the way off and there's a big old dent and huge scratch above the driver's side. Uh, sorry, the passenger side front wheel and a huge chunk of paint missing on the lip of the fender right over the tire. And it's obviously fresh because it's all flash rusted like that. Like, yeah, so I'm pretty ticked off about that. So, I mean, the car has kind of got some patina anyway. So we all know the blue Colt's not perfect, but it didn't have a lot of dents in it. So I got to try to see if I can somehow massage this a little bit and make it look a little better. Um, Maybe get some touch up paint and 
try to blend in some not quite gloss clear over it and see what I can do. So I'm uh, I'm a little annoyed by that, but it's just wrong time, wrong place, right? I don't have a garage yet. The car was sitting outside. It was under a cover. Thankfully, it's under a, like a nice padded like outdoor cover. So it probably absorbed some of the impact. And there were plastic lawn chairs that were also against the side of the car that I think hit the car first that may have also protected the car a little bit. So it could have been worse if that situation hadn't happened. But I'm annoyed. Um, it is what it is. At least it wasn't like the Cressida with its fresh paint job, right? So Right. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm frustrated. It's, you try to do everything right. You do the best you can and stuff still happens, you know? It's just cars in the backyard all safe and it's not safe from your barbecue grill which it, it's it was some serious wind like it actually lifted the so we have anybody in like a hot climate like a florida or socal or phoenix has seen these like metal awnings over the back porch that are lag bolted into the ground so we have one of those in the backyard and it literally blew that up in the air as well and detached it from the ground. So thankfully, Naomi was home when this all went down and she managed to get it tied back down. She actually took the air compressor out of the garage, um, which it's a big, you know, I forget how many gallon stand up air compressor and brought it in the backyard. because It was heavy enough to tie down the overhead, the overhang to that until we could fix it. So until that gets blown on the side of a car. <laughs> I think if that got blown on the side of the car, we'd have issues. That's a few hundred pounds. So that definitely did not get blown around the yard. But the grill, something about the grill did. And I don't, uh, I, I mean, it must have been a 60, 70 mile an hour wind, right? Like, I, I don't know what it takes to move stuff like that, but. Well, the grill has like the full like fairings on it, doesn't it? You get a full dresser grill. Full dress. Yeah, it has the burner on the side and the other side is the shelf. So it has like two wings, right? Yeah, but then the underneath it's got like doors that cover the the tank, it's, right? It looks like it's got doors, but it's not an expensive grill. So it's actually just a facade. But yes. Oh, so it, that's it all. Does, the, that'll all catch the wind. Yeah, it all caught the wind. And it was just, just the right amount and just tipped it over and dragged it across the yard. I don't know... Yeah, I've got my Weber. That's like a Street Fighter grill. There's no, it's got no, no panels on it. Oh, it's custom. No, it's just the way they are. It's like no. a cafe racer grill. See, when mine fell off the car on the side of the highway, I body worked all those panels back together, which is like quite funny, actually. I think Naomi has pictures or video of me doing that. Um, actually, like hammered and dollied them all back straight to put it back together. And apparently what I should have done is just thrown them in the trash. <laughs> yeah, some speed holes in them. Yeah, but it, it's super frustrating. I've never seen wind like that. Like a bunch of houses in the neighborhood lost tiles in the roof or tiles, talking about shingles on the roof. Um, a bunch of trees came down. It was, and it was only in like a two block wide width, and maybe like a ten mile stretch. This wind came through. So, did you lose any of those old Saguaros in the neighborhood? Uh, no, nope. None of them came down. Not that I, I know of. Not that I noticed. It, there's so. like one on the, one of your streets that goes to your street. That was like definitely right, ratchet strapped. Tied to the pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one's not doing so great. 
I don't know what their plan is with that, but it's definitely still ratchet strapped up. So it's it's weird because they're like protected, right? So like, what happens if it falls over? It just that is what it is. If it falls over on its own, that's nature. Yeah. If you hit it with your car by accident, that's an accident. You can't cut one down without permission. Yeah. You can take permission to take one down, and if they're diseased, you can get permission to take one down. Because if it's, if it's in danger of falling, you can get permission to take yeah. it down. But and there's also people that will rehome them. So if you want a cactus moved, you can call a company that will come take it and put it somewhere else Hmm. because they take forever to grow. So when they go, they're hard to replace. So, you know, some of the cacti out here are 200 plus years old. So it's a shame when they when they go down. So what is a a forest fire of cactus? So, yeah, it's they're 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 an interesting species of plant. But so that's one project car down date. Uh, project car sort of update. I worked on the Eclipse, as I said I was going to. I'm not sure how, but at some point I swapped back in the replacement uh, cam angle sensor. Yeah. Because I remember we had put in the new aftermarket one. And then I think I had a hard time timing it, so I put the replacement one that we got from Keith in the car and yeah. we timed it and it worked out fine. And I've been driving on that and having those issues. Yeah. But I forgot that that replacement one was a used one. When I've been having this issue the whole time. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I swap back? Cause I opened the hood to look and I was like, Oh, that's the replacement one. Why don't I swap to the, the brand new aftermarket replacement one and see if I can make that work. So I did that today. I got that all swapped in and I got it all timed, uh, which is a pain in that car, but it's done. That stupid pin in the back and it's it's frustrating Mm -hmm. to time that car. It should be simple, but it's not. So I got the car all timed, got it all ready to go and said, all right, I'm going to rip around the block. So I ripped around the block a few times um, and everything was great. I was like, I think this thing's fixed. It must have been that piece the whole time. So I brought it back and I was going to do a few more things to the car. And then I decided I was going to do an oil change. Decided instead of doing an oil change, I'm actually going to seafoam the car. So I put, you know, the five ounces of seafoam in the engine because I'm still having that lifter tick sometimes that yeah. can be clogged. So rather than take the whole car apart, I'm like, let me seafoam it. And then you're supposed to do, you know, 100, 200 miles with seafoam in the engine before you change the oil. So I'll change yeah. the oil, you know, Wednesday or Thursday. So I did the seafoam in it, and then I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to drive this car around the block again. I'm going to go further this time. Because usually on my way to work, it's about halfway there where it starts having issues. So I said, what I'll do is I'll drive. I'll go halfway to work and then back so it'll replicate like a full commute. So I get halfway to work, turn around, come back. Car never stumbles once. Everything's perfect. I took the left-hand turn from the main road onto one of the surface streets in my neighborhood, and the car sputtered twice. Weird. Yeah, very frustrating. So, and never did it again after that. So, the one thing I did do this time is I lost the stupid clip that holds that connector on. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe fingers crossed that when I took the left-hand turn, it moved the connector just enough that it made its butter. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know, but it seems like progress because again, I drove all the way, I drove halfway to work, turned around and came back and it didn't have an issue until I was almost home. And it was only like, like pop, pop, like sputtered twice. So I need to get some, a clip for that connector to hold the connector on properly and go over the, over the best. Cause I'm super, super careful taking those things off. Um, and it just got away from me. It flung out and I lost it with my eyesight and didn't see where it went. So it's like a, I mean, I might have one in my box of wiring harness, but I have to go look for it. I'm sure but I can maybe get one somewhere. It's like a Bosch connector clip. Probably. I'm sure they're Bosch connectors, but they're just a wider one than like the ones on the injectors that I have spares for. Yeah. So I don't have spares for one that's wide. It's like a Bosch four pin connector. I, I, I haven't looked online yet because I got home from doing the test drive and I immediately was, was recording. So, but I mean, everything else about the car seems to run great. It, it pulls better than it did. I don't know. Everything else seems to be fine. So that's, that's my hope. So maybe a quick update next week and we'll have it all better and back together. But it is what it is. It's, it's just getting frustrating. Um, Every now and then you have one of these projects that just kills you. And this is it for me. So yeah, is what it is. Well, but unfortunately the weather here has been terrible all week and it's been raining like crazy. So I have not done anything else. So hopefully this week will be some more projects to uh, update you on. Well, uh, anything else? Uh, I'm making some moves with some cars, but we can talk about that next week when things have actually happened. Yeah. So, so, uh, if you want to interact with us, like via text message, join the Discord. It's free. Just message us. We'll send you the link. I had a couple more people join this week. Uh, it's pretty fun. Like we all talked about going to Japanese car day this past week and a bunch of us met up. And uh, and a bunch of us had FOMO because we don't live yeah. close enough to go. So it's just like, I don't know, just a cool way to interact with people. Yeah, so. no, it's fun. Don't tell your boss, but it's fun. Yeah. It's a little distracting sometimes during the day. So that's all I got for that. Uh, and, if anybody uh, in the Phoenix area is looking for a car, I still have that Subaru for sale. It's all done and ready now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I did actually have Project Air updates. Let me, let me back up a little bit if you have a minute to rewind about that. All right. Go for it. Go for it. Subaru. Um, Front brakes in a Subaru. Yep. And axle in the Subaru. Was done uh-huh. last Sunday. Yep. I have never in my life seen lug nuts on so tight. Nothing took them off. Multiple electric impacts, air impacts, uh, a huge breaker bar with a 250 pound man standing on it. Nothing could break these things free. I don't know what people do, but you go to a shop and they're worried about it coming off and they. They do 30 Uggaduggas. I don't know. We broke all 10 studs on the front of the car. Whoa. Yep. Even those are way over torqued. Like, yeah, like 300 foot pounds of torque or something. I don't know. It was a dumb amount. We broke all 10. So we went. Dang. Thankfully, the O'Reilly's down the street is open a little late. Uh, I went to O'Reilly's. They had, of course, nine in stock. Obviously. Nine, Nine studs and they had enough lug nuts. Um, do you know what nine studs and 10 lug nuts cost nowadays for a 20 density room? 
60 bucks. 78. Yeah, almost $100 for half the car. Uh, not not good. The irony of this whole thing with, with the wheel being on so tight is that all of the brake components, the calipers, and everything else were hand tight. What? Yeah. So I actually think that the vibration in the front when we were hitting the brakes was just loose parts. Ugh. So the whole car is back together. I had the I had already bought the pads and rotors anyway. So we just did yeah. new pads and rotors uh, and torqued everything down to proper spec. I uh, put the axle in as well, but it's uh, it's all it's all better now. It's got you know full pads and rotors in the front and a new passenger side axle. It wasn't clicking. It wasn't bad, but it had a torn boot. So. And it was, it's long, it's long, the axle grease all over the exhaust and it stunk. <laughs> That's pretty so, common on that side. It, it, the heat kills it, it. Was the inner boot. It was the inner boot in the passenger side. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The heat kills it and then it flings grease everywhere. And it flung grease all over the exhaust. Yep. yep. Which of course, then it sits there and burns and cooks and smells absolutely. That's atrocious. a Subaru thing. Yep. <laughs> um, That's all fixed now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so uh, there's a uh, 2010 Subaru Impreza hatchback automatic. It's 2010, so it's pre-CBT uh, for sale, 130,000 miles. Uh, hit me up for a uh, listener of auto off-topic price if you want a good car. Just a commuter, nothing special. Cool. Anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, cool. Any other events coming up? I got nothing. We're kind of... Kind of winding down here. Uh, there's a lot coming up, actually. So next weekend is a personal stuff that's going to be busy, so that doesn't matter. Then the first week of November, I will be in Las Vegas for SEMA. Cool. So, yeah, so if anybody is listening is going to be in SEMA, give me a buzz and we'll have to get together. Uh, I will not be there for Auto Off Topic, but I'm sure I'll be able to get Auto Off Topic content while I'm there. I'm there for work, which is kind of cool. I'm being paid to go instead of having to pay to go. Nice. Which is nice. Yeah. The only not nice part is a week in Vegas is a long time, but it is what it is. I'm sure it'll go by pretty quickly because I'm working. I mean, you're not far. So are you guys going to just drive? No. Nope. Work's flying us in. So Nice. Yeah. It's like an hour so and a half like flight. Two hour flight? Yeah. Hour and a half? <laughs> two hours maybe. I don't know. It's not very long of a flight. Let's put it that way. It's a six hour drive. It can't be a long flight. Yeah. Yeah. So we're flying in for that. And then after that, the weekend of, I want to say the 12th, I think the 12th is the Nevada rally, which is in Tonopah, Nevada, which is north of Las Vegas. I will also be going to that. It's a California rally series event. Uh, I'm going to volunteer up there and help those guys run, run that one. Um, that should be interesting. Having not been to a rally on the West coast in 2010, I'm stoked to, uh, stoked to be at desert rally again. Uh, yep. November 12th is the day. It's a single day rally. It's Saturday only. So there's a park expose Friday night in Tonopah at, I think it's like a American Legion club or something in their parking lot. They're doing a park expose. And then the 12th is Saturday is the actual rally. I'll be in Nevada for that. That should be a good time. Um, 
And then the weekend after that is November 19th, which is Radwood, Los Angeles. And I will be at that one as well. So my November is packed. Before cool. I know it, it's gonna be Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. So that should that should be uh that should be interesting. So it'll be SEMA, Rally Nevada, Radwood SoCal. All nice in a row. Yeah. And then the end of Nevada the end the end of November, I'll be looking to rest and do nothing. <laughs> cool. So all right. Well, with that being said, you can follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, Auto Off Topic on Instagram. Do a lot more stuff there. Auto Off Topic on Twitter if you want. We have Scale Autocast on Instagram. I've been posting a couple things there lately. Yes, you have. And uh, follow me on Instagram, Race and Anger. And I am also Race and Anger on Twitter. And Brad, where can they find you? They can find me at TSISS350. And all of the same auto-off-topic places and scale autocost places that you have already said. All right, cool. And Discord. Come find us at Discord. That's right. So, as always, keep cars analog and name for the roses. Mm -hmm.